Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name's Nate Davison, and I'm your host here at Grace Story Podcast. And as always, I want to thank each one of you for joining us here on this episode, episode 13. Uh, we're well on our way to heading towards a conference coming up in 2020. And um, I'm excited about that. But, you know, it's crazy to me that we're in double digit episodes. And, um, you know, the people that have come along in in this and connected via Instagram or Facebook um, or just the podcast itself, uh, your interaction, it means a lot. And I love the interactions we're having where where you're telling exactly what you'd like to hear. um, And I love that feedback. It really helps inform who we have on the show and what topics um, we actually cover. Over the last few episodes, uh, one thing that's really been just going through my brain um, as we've gone through some topics is the way God connects us to exactly the person we need or the resource that we need in his timing. I mean, God's timing is perfect. We know that. And one of the things we're going to be talking about today is, is about God and how our trauma informs our view of him. And as I was going back over this particular episode um, and in getting it ready to, to stream, um, I was reminded of, of the story of Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and he's talking about this thorn in the flesh that he has, just something that he cannot uh, seem to handle or get rid of, and something that it's enough of a torment for him that he calls it, that he asked God three different times just to remove it from his life. We don't know exactly what that was. There's some uh, some conjecture about it uh, from, from you know biblical scholars and experts, but regardless, it was something that was really, really bothering Paul to the point where he was asking God multiple times, move this out of my life. Uh, and I don't know where you are as a listener, um, in your either journey of restoration or, you know, your anxiety or uh, you've started counseling or a situation that you're in where you're just really needing God's guidance, God's grace. But I want to point you to verse nine in second Corinthians chapter 12, where God breaks in and he talks to Paul and he says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You may need to hear that today and think about it and connect it not only in your brain, but you've probably heard this before, but connect it with your heart and really believe that God's grace is sufficient for you. And as you listen to this episode, we're going to be further talking about healing our core issues. And Dr. Rick Butts is going to be talking about birthrights and boundaries, our value, our innate worth diving further into those five core issues and how they inform our value and our self-worth, um, our environment right from the beginning having an impact on us. Honest, honestly, it's like basically a, a free counselor session um, with the expert who teaches the counseling experts about uh, this topic. And he's going to be going through it in a, in a way that's kind of therapeutic. Uh, it is therapeutic. And at the end, giving us some some ideas, some tips, some guides uh, for how to get all this out on paper and kind of process it in that way. But as you listen to this episode, 
um, I really want you to think about that verse and that word that God spoke to Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. If you truly believe that there is a God who loves you and cares about you, and you truly believe that God is all-powerful and that he wants what's best for you and his grace is sufficient for you, then you can rest in the timing of God's healing for you and you can rest in the timing of his grace for whatever situation you find yourself in because it's going to be more than enough for whatever your need is. And I don't want that to seem trite. I don't want that to seem just, you know, explaining away your problems. They're still going to be there. But we have a God who's coming alongside and empowering us and supporting us and loving us and only wants what's best for us. And he's got all the resources to make that happen. Now, to tell you more about Dr. Rick Butts, who we're going to have a conversation with today, uh, he's been married for over 33 years. He has three adult children and a grandchild. Uh, he studied at The Ohio State University, Xavier University as well with his graduate degree. And then he obtained his Ph.D. from University of Cincinnati in counseling and educational supervision, uh, my alma mater as well. He is the co-founder of the Healing Our Core Issues Institute, uh, and we'll have links to his website, uh, drrickbutts.com and HealingOurCoreIssuesInstitute.com in the show notes. So make sure you go there and check those out. He is the expert who teaches other licensed counselor experts about these uh, topics that we're going to talk about today, these core issues, and help us understand a little bit more about the, the self-compassion that we may need um, and understanding these issues from the context of, of, of birthrights and, and boundaries. Uh, so I, without giving too much more away, let's go to that conversation right now. So Dr. Butts, thank you so much for, uh, for being here on Grace Story Podcast. Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to experts in the field. Um, and, uh, we've, we've gone over some of this and I invite the listeners to go back to, um, at least episode six where Ryan talks about some of these core issues. But, um, Dr. Butts, it's my understanding that you actually have a hand in developing, uh, you know, these, uh, core issues. Nate, it's good to be with you and great story. And, um, I actually uh, have the privilege of, um, studying with Pia Melody and i know that at some point in these podcasts with the different individuals that have been here before you is that um, her groundbreaking work in facing codependence, and uh, I'd actually thought about that uh, before we got on here and was thinking about just the history of that is that uh, Pia talks about this being a spiritual uh, practice, that as you think about, and as your listeners have heard uh, Ryan articulate this, that uh, these are birthrights and that growing up in your family, that these are things that uh, we have a right to. Now, we live in a fallen world, as you and I know, as uh, people of faith, and therefore, then, it makes a lot of sense that this has been a struggle. And so, when Pia developed these, uh, then she trained counselors. She is now retired, uh, works primarily one day a week 
uh, still at the Meadows Treatment Center, she uh, helped co-found that is in Wickenburg, Arizona. Uh, my co-founder, Jan Bergstrom, who I know you've heard Jan's name before, and uh, she'll probably be on this podcast at some point in the future. With Pia's blessing, we developed the Healing Our Core Issues Institute. So as it relates to the five core issues, we have developed these out of Pia's post-induction therapy. And we have five, um, excuse me, four primary ways that we think about things. And um, the first one is mindfulness, which is very much a spiritual practice, which yeah. is being in the present moment with no judgment. And as we sit with individuals and they work to get their story straight, we help them understand that being in this present moment, one of the greatest disciplines that any of us can develop is to be self-compassionate and to understand our story. And that it is out of this that then we live our life that we also look at how, and we, and again, this is post-induction therapy, the five core issues that I'm going to talk about a little bit here um, in a few moments. Uh, those are PIAs. Then um, both Jan and I have been trained somatically uh, with the work of Peter Levine and his model of treatment, which is the idea of how our body stores the trauma. So what I think of as far as what Jan and I have done, which is many uh, uh, models today, is we've taken several things that we know work. Mindfulness, the understanding of attachment theory, post-induction therapy, somatic experiencing, um, as well as some other modalities. And we've integrated these into, uh, again, the work that uh, you're familiar with, Healing Our Core Issues Institute, and uh, the DART model, which is developmental and relational trauma. So that was a long answer, but I thought that was important for me as the co-founder of Healing Our Core Issues and then how we have developed from uh, Pia's work um, our model of treatment. Absolutely. You've, you've touched on some things that uh, the listeners have gotten a taste of, you know, stored in the body, the trauma, LaShonda Sugg, in an episode, walked us through that. The five core issues, um, you know, Ryan has been delving into those um, really at a level that you know, there's so much there. Um, and in episode six, you know, he did give us an overview. And I want to play a clip from that episode just to point you in, in a direction to go. Um, and we'll listen to that right now. This hey, is great. a bit of a maybe a recap on one of the highlights of it. Those roles are ways we adapted to survive, to make sense of our world when we were growing up. And those adaptations, unless they evolve, probably the better word would be mature, then we tend to be stuck in that early state. And so what I would love to dig into more, because I think it's important to understand, is where exactly those wounds come from. And that kind of revolves around five core issues that we need to be healthy, functional human beings later in life. So you heard Ryan there talking about that. And then couple that with, you know, you're saying this is a birthright. So it's almost like something that you were supposed to have has been taken from you or you never got in the first place. Um, and informs ultimately a lot of the rest of your life, your behavior. Um, Certainly, we have a personal responsibility as adults uh, for our actions, but you know this is a way of understanding ourselves. Uh, and I want to focus in on you know intensely these wounds 
showing up in, in um, ourselves as we grow older and, and maybe um, to pick something, our, our intimacy and our relationships. Can you talk to us about that? Sure. That is a great question, Nate. And um, one of the things that uh, I think about as I work with anybody and I think of everything in terms of uh, uh, polarities and that I think um, we were designed this way, that it's uh, all or nothing, black or white, uh, yay or nay. And so that when we think about this, that's, I would lead with that is that uh, when I'm working with individuals, a lot of times they'll have difficulty with the things I'm going to describe for you. So I um, believe that it is important for people to understand that whether they're a person of faith or not, a Christian, a Jew, or a Muslim, uh, or a non-person uh, of any belief, agnostic or atheist, that uh, wound in the Greek, that when we think about the idea of a wound, that we've all been wounded to live in uh, this world, to have grown up in a family. So therefore, the fact that we've all been wounded is a way that I encourage people to think as they, uh, as they move through this. So again, PM Melody developed this model and uh, we have attempted to take the spirit of what she has taught and um, shared it with others. And so when we think about it, these birthrights, what I would call, and these are, these are five things. Um, I think that um, uh, Ryan talked about them briefly, but I will spend a few minutes here with them, is these five core things is, and I'm, as your listeners, Nate, are hearing me talk, what I want them to think about is for themselves, again, thinking of a polarity of yes, this is something I experienced in my life to no, I, I did not experience that in my life, that they're, they're there somewhere. So as they're listening right now, um, what we talk about is uh, these five things. Number one is that all children, as they are born, are valuable, that they have this innate worth, that they are precious. And then out of their parents' own story uh, determines how those parents uh, give this blessing to their children. And so if we think of attachment theory, again, and we think about early attachment, and uh, that's part of what we want to understand with each individual that we work with, is, and as the listeners are listening, is that the environment that you came into right from the beginning had an impact on you. And what's really exciting today is there's a lot of research in this regard. And um, I actually heard Ryan say this. Uh, I was listening to the previous podcast. And one of the emerging science, and, and you're in a nurse, you're in the medical field, Nate, is, is epigenetics. The idea of that um, it's not just me right here, right now, but it's what happened with my mm -hmm. grandparents. And what Nate had said that I've been thinking about uh, for the last week is what your grandma ate as your mother was in the womb. Right. And then she is born. She grows up. You are then born out of her. 
And uh, that, like Nate, stopped me dead in my tracks because I believe that. Sure. And so if we just pause and we think about uh, the fact that not only am I born into this family with this mom and dad or a single mom or an early divorce or intact parents who don't like each other, mm. I can ramble on yeah. and on about that, Nate. Right. That number one is that does that baby from the beginning have a secure attachment? Do they feel that starting with mom, then with dad, and then moving on to the world? And that that's where I go back to that continuum of all of us have this experience. So I'm just going to pause with each one of these and, and just ask each person who's listening to think, as I think about growing up, do I really have a sense of that I'm valuable? And it's complicated, obviously. You have that relationship with your mom, your dad, and your whole story. And But that's why I really start with that, Nate, and I really sit with that. And that's why we call that core issue number one, is to re really understand that. And when I'm working with individuals, I'll really slow that down. And that's the uh, somatic and mindfulness link to it. It's like that as we sit and talk about it together, that, that that's critical. Mm -hmm. And this is the, I believe, the brilliance of Pia's work is that then because that um, the truth is you are valuable. Those of your listeners that grew up in church, in their logical analysis of the data, in their brain, they can say, yes, for God so loved the world and other scriptures that might link to that. But do they have a felt experience of value just because you're Nate, just because you're Ryan. And for most of us, that's where the story begins in regard to, to healing because your mom and your dad, the best part of them was parenting you. And that, um, like I said earlier, out of their wounding then uh, emerged their way of interacting with you. I would also say then that, um, that for all of us, that is number one, that we have to get that straight in our own mind. Yeah. I, and you touch on something there. You can, you can know a lot of things, uh, but putting it into action so that it, it uh, gets into your heart is a whole lot different. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can give the examples of, you know, knowing you should lose weight or, you know, knowing you should exercise mm -hmm. more, you know, those are, those are, uh, you know, things that we all should do, but you get to something about your core, uh, understanding of your value. And yeah, I I'm hearing you say you can know it up here, but does that translate to an experience in your heart where you understand it and feel it? And it, if you know that I, I think that would change your life if you're like, well, you know, it's not because of what I do or what I produce or, you know, what I uh, am able to give back. It's just, I am valuable because I am me and I am here and I can take up space and I can own, uh, you know, my, my value. Absolutely. And, and that's why I use that. And, um, as an example of that, it's, it's a cognition. I have a thought, but just as you articulated that, is it, is it, is it true? Because then for most of us, uh, in my experience personally, as well as working with people, is that, that most individuals, because of their wounding, that, that they have to address that. 
And so that, you know, again, to be concise, then I'm going to move on then. So it's like that, that's, that's first. The second thing is that it is a birthright for all children to be protected because all children are vulnerable. And again, for many of the listeners now, as, as I would just say to pause and to think about that, my hunch is for most of us, the knee-jerk response is, um, uh, okay, sure, I, I'm a baby, I'm a 10-year-old, uh, you know, up through the time I live, you know, uh, in my parents' house as a teenager and, and move on into um, college or my next chapter of my life. Uh, yes, I was vulnerable and was I protected? Um, hmm, let me think about that. So there's two parts to that. I'm vulnerable. Therefore, birthright, I deserve to be protected. Now, that's a whole talk in itself because the idea of that is that you have to, getting the story straight, understand what does protection mean? Protection can mean obviously outside of the home, but I'm also talking about inside the home where if uh, mom or dad have um, anger issues, I'll use that example. And so um, the context of if, if dad comes home and he's had a bad day and he's grumpy and he lashes out at the kids, um, how does that story unfold within the system? Because I might grow up thinking that uh, the adults in my life have a right to be angry and yell. And that's an easy one for me to use as an example. But there are also other types of ways of uh, being protected. And so that because of the nature of this podcast, Nate, and like I said, that could be a whole topic in itself because we link that to boundaries. So the idea of I have a right to protect myself in regard to relationships emotionally. Uh, I have a right to set physical boundaries. So if I grew up in a home where uh, the parents thought it was important um, to punish children in severe ways to teach them. And again, that each one of these things I say is loaded. You know, it's like that. And many listeners can hear that and yeah. say, you know, uh, that uh, part of the parent's responsibility is to um, give corporal punishment to the child. That's also uh, a topic. And I'm not here to say yay or nay, but the idea of that is that do children feel that they were protected growing up? Mm. So I'll turn that back over to you because just as you're hearing me say that, I'm just giving, a, again, a little bit deeper than what Ryan was talking about, but building on what Ryan was talking about. Sure. And, and listening to that, you know, yes, it is loaded because I can already, um, you know, if, if our listeners could talk in too, I, I feel like there'd be some raised hands like, hey, I have a question. <laughs> Um, a lot of them. Um, but then I can also see why you started where you did. If I don't have value, then maybe I don't feel that I have these rights or, or these birthrights or, um, you know, I, I feel less than, so I don't deserve these things. Um, so I can see how it's building, uh, moving through this one, you have the, the right to value, you have the birthright to protection. Um, and that's part of nurture. Uh, where does it move from here? So we, help individuals and as the listeners and they're, you know, taking this in and that's 
again, I'm aware of, and this is a somatic principle, highly activating as people are hearing that, like you said, their hand would go up and that um, that's part of as I'm introducing this and, and having folks think about it, that where it goes from here is to what we call core issue three, which is a, uh, you know, really important thing is to understand, and this is how I believe, Nate, is that all children are imperfect. Mm. And the idea of being imperfect is that, like, what I would want the listeners to think about for just a moment, um, again, mindfully and noticing their nervous system is that as you reflect on your life growing up, was it okay to make a mistake? What was it like in your home um, to be sitting at the dinner table and to spill your milk? Because that's such a universal, whether it's sitting at McDonald's with a Coke or again, a single parent is there's this idea that's a metaphor and not a metaphor. It's literally what happens is that as you're sitting there at that table, whatever that table looks like, and um, something happens, is your parent supportive? Like, let's clean that up. Okay, moving right on into how was the day versus what's wrong with you? Once again, that has happened. Now, I intentionally, Nate, raised my voice. That's going to activate some of your viewers. Yeah. This is, again, this continuum of, and for most of us as parents, and I'm a parent of three adult children, that, that to be human, so as you're listening to this, is don't think about your own parenting of your children or grandchildren. Think about your own experience. Mm. We start there, and then we move out to other, other realms. The good news is, is as um, I truly believe this, is that you can, um, especially if you're a parent of children and you begin to really dig into this, uh, I'm glad. I, my kids were a little bit older when I first learned this. But this is huge, Nate. Again, each one of these is, is a whole topic in itself. But the idea of that is that I either learn, and then I'll reflect it back to you. I either learn, continuum, that I have to be perfect. That's the message. And sometimes as we say, that's explicit. I was told that I have a clear memory of the messages or it was implicit that it was not spoken, but I sure as heck knew it to the person that then there is, is, um, you know, that they learned that it doesn't, so they have to be perfect or the person that because we can't be perfect living in this fallen world that they say, forget it. I cannot. And, Ryan did a great job of talking. That's what forms then the lost child, which disappears, or the scapegoat, who one of my favorite quotes is, becomes the best at being bad. With all of this, it's understanding that the truth is, the birthright is the fact that we're all in this together. This is the humble element. And when I can embrace that, then... And that's how it ties into what we have also talked about and you've heard previously is about reality. I get on my own to decide what are my thoughts? What are my emotions? How do I choose to live in my world? 
am I attuned as I do that to my whole experience, which means the sensations in my body? That is one of the biggest things as I teach this and live it in my own life is that is a daily challenge for a lot of reasons, Nate. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more just after this. Hey, it's Nate here, and I'd like to personally invite you to join us November 13th and 14th of 2020 for a unique weekend of fun, growth, and learning to love God, others, and yourself in deeper ways. Hear from storytellers like Jamie Taylor, author of Finding Brave, and Rachel Henry, Broken to Brave, as they share their stories of living out courage and forgiveness. Learn from our master's level instructors as they address spiritual, physical, relational, and emotional issues relevant to where you live. Worship together as Brent Vernon leads us closer to our good, good father through a blend of old and new favorites. Enjoy fellowship during our improved self-care vendor market, including a complimentary coffee bar. Grace Story Pastor Blake Jones will close out the conference with a special time of community as we are reminded that we do indeed serve a trustworthy God. You won't want to miss this exciting year packed full of new tools, education, and a weekend of fun. Go to GraceStoryMinistries.com to register. Now be sure to register before the end of September to save an additional 25% off using the promo code BRAVE. That's B-R-A-V-E. One session of counseling can cost between $90 to $150. With Grace Story Conference, though, you're getting seven sessions for right around $25 each, plus Saturday lunch, ice cream, self-care vendor market, and much, much more. Be sure to reserve your spot soon, though, because due to COVID restrictions at the venue, we do have to limit the number of in-person tickets sold. If you can't make it this year, we understand, and we're so excited to share that we're offering a live access pass for those who cannot attend in person this year. You can use the promo code BRAVE, B-R-A-V-E, for the live access pass as well through the end of September to save another 25% off. Go to GraceStoryMinistries.com and click register to continue your journey of restoration. We'll see you at conference. You know, me and Ryan talked about, um, he, he talked to us about allowing our parents to be imperfect as well and understanding, um, you know, how, how they were informing their, um, their parenting of us through their nurture, through their wounding. And I kind of, I want to dig deeper with you, you know, again, you're the expert, uh, you're teaching other experts about this. Um, how do parents of young kids nurture them well using this model? You know, um, cause yes, we, we can give our parents, the ability to be imperfect. But I think, at least for me, I might be harder on myself and not allow myself to be imperfect um, training my kids using this model. Um, What would you say about that, using this model to nurture our own kids? If we think about our parenting, I know you're a parent of of young kids. And again, I get really excited thinking about the listeners of your podcast that if, if and this is the good news, if parents can just, for themselves, think about these three things. I believe that this uh, can transform their parenting, and I I don't want to sound um, uh, ridiculous with that because that's sounds fairly uh, grandiose. But 
uh, this is my passion for your listeners when I say this, is that it's, as parents begin to integrate this into themselves, whatever their story is, that I, I have value, therefore my husband or wife has value. Even in their uh, ugliest moment, when they're really showing their humanity as my partner. And if we learn this together, that's the best case scenario, then that partner values me, then the way that we're going to interact in our world is going to be different. And the reason why I start with that is that mom and dad, if you're a single parent, obviously it's, it's you working with your children. But when you believe that about yourself, then you're going to believe that about your kids. And that is going to be in the foreground. It's going to be a, a present thought that as I um, discipline my child, and earlier I want to go back to that. It's not like I don't believe in discipline, but I believe in a mindful, boundaried approach to discipline. And, and that's not easy, Nate. And so if I can hold core issue one, birthright of I have value and my children have value, it's going to inform how I parent them. And then if I think of the fact that I am the teacher, I, as I live with my children, help them to understand what boundaries are. Boundaries are the guardrails. They are the ways that we speak. That, and it is how we express our emotion. And I want these kids, because that ties in with core issue three, of being able to express who they are. Because every human being, every little one is just precious and, and beginning to develop their way of being in the world. And when I can guide them, that is helping that vulnerable little child develop their own way of being in the world and knowing that I here as the parent, not only are they um, vulnerable and I'm helping them to understand that by setting limits, but I'm doing it in this respectful way. And then the third issue as it relates to parenting is the idea that my kids get to be who they have been called to be. You know, um, that when I think about that and I say that is that your kid growing up, you might have a fantasy as a dad that he's going to be an athlete. And what if he's a musician? Mm. Can you, dad, embrace him as that creative little guy who would much rather sit at the piano and play it than throw a baseball? What if your daughter and mom, you have this image of growing up and she's going to be this perky little cheerleader? And she's more of an introverted bookworm. Those are just things that I've experienced working with people. Uh, again, fill in the blank. Can I allow that child to be who they have been called to be? And along the way, as they show their humanity, their nature, can I respectfully, with my boundaries, holding the fact that they are valuable, all, all within me as the parent. Now, that's a lot of work, Nate, right there, what I just said. Um, core issue four, birthright as needs and wants. Core issue five is spontaneity. Again, the idea of all of this together, but I just focused on one, two, and three following your question. Um, really gets me excited for parents today 
Because if they can take hold of that, and so again, if the listeners, as they're thinking about this, I want to be encouraging to you because this is a quote that I learned from Pia. I want to give her credit for this and I love it. So even for those of you that are in your 50s and 60s and have raised your kids and right now might be feeling what we call a shame attack, like, oh my gosh, I was that rigid parent who believed there was a way to be in the world and I worked really hard to inform my children out of my own story or I was a struggling alcoholic and there were no limits and I was out of control and the home was chaos. Kids always want their parents to show up. Nate, that is my own hope. I think that daily with my adult children, I'm, I'm talking to you and saying that dad, as a young dad, already you could think about, wow, okay, I've already done this. Or I think about Amber, the founder. I mean, she and I are, are friends and we've talked and she's an incredible mom, but she could be listening to this and think, uh-oh. And so that um, I want that to be a takeaway today. Kids always want their parents to show up. So if you're a 60 year old, you can go to your kid and say, hey, look, you know, I've, I've been deepening my own journey and that I want to tell you that you know, I know I was a, a rough parent, I, I, and rough meaning rigid or out of control. Everything in, be, in between. I'm going to go back to polarities, Nate. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's hope-based, and I'm all about hope. So, Yeah, it, it, as a dad listening, I think it can be somewhat freeing if we do the work to get to the place of what you're talking about. I don't think any of us are going to do it perfectly, uh, but you're thinking about my two daughters. I mean, I have a four-year-old that it seems like she changes every other week what she wants to be in life. Um, and, you know, I'm a dad and I want to support that. And uh, the trajectory, though, is I'm okay. If this is the direction you want to go, we need to get started. But finding a way to just support her in the moment uh, because mm -hmm. she's valuable and she's thinking through and she's finding who she wants to be. My one-year-old, I'm convinced that she just thinks she's a puppy because we have a dog and she spends a lot of time over the dog bowls and we have to move her away from there. So her boundaries are a little bit easier. Um, mm -hmm. But I think I think it could be hey, free. Can I use that as an example, your one-year-old? Because she sounds uh, delightful. Yeah, go for so it. So this would be, it's a live example. So, Dad, uh, as I would say to you, if we were working together, so use your boundary in case this has happened. So your little one-year-old is over there, thinks she's a dog, and drinks out of the bowl. It has happened. Okay? Yep. It has happened. How you interact with her in the moment is a live, right here, right now application. If you're like, hey, sweetie, um, you know, that's for the pup, and you don't do that, and you bring her back, you are valuing her, you are teaching her boundaries, you don't want her drinking out of the bowl, and it is a wonderful thing. What, a, what an amazing little thing there that unfolding in front of me uh, with my daughter. Does that make sense, Nate? I just jumped in there because I oh, it does. right here, right now example. Yes. And I can already tell you I got it wrong because <laughs> my reaction and, and my wife's reaction too is, okay, that's disgusting. And uh, there might be a risk here for you. I don't think my, my, my daughter can't get parvo. You know, this is a dog disease, but you know, what else is in that bowl? Um, and so it's a firm, no, no. And then all my daughter does back at one year old is look at me and go, no, no, um, mirroring what I'm doing. So yeah, uh, already, already messed that up, 
but I can redeem that already. I can go back and I can change behavior. And that's exactly what you're talking about. As we inform ourselves of this, it informs our processes and our actions and how we relate and interact with our kids. Uh, and we break a cycle with that. We break it and move forward. And I love uh, your, your talk on, uh, your, you touched on hope. Because one of the questions I did want to ask you is, is hope, is there hope or are these just these childhood uh, issues or wounds, is that just going to be the thing pushing from behind all the time that I'm going to have to suppress, I'm going to have to uh, you know, somehow deal with in the moment? Or is there hope to at least soften that or, or can I heal? What is the hope in healing? these issues for, for individuals and breaking cycles. What I notice in myself, cause I'm trying to be live with you is that, um, and, and people are just hearing us. Um, I smiled. It was such a great question. Nate. um, I have good news and bad news. And okay. people that know me will hear me say this a lot. The good news. Absolutely. There is hope and healing. The bad news is, these things will be with you the rest of your life. I try to set reasonable expectations as I work, uh, practice with myself, like with you and I, using your live example here. Thank you. Um, I, I just jumped right in there. Oh, yeah, you're really you're welcome. much opportunity, <laughs> you know, to uh, say, no, Rick, let's not use that. So, um, but is that... Uh, that they will be a part of us. But Ryan, in the little clip we um, heard earlier, um, was about how we, growing up in our families, that's why I started with that, just thinking for the listeners, growing up in our families, we learned how to adapt. And that when we move into our adult self, and we do uh, work, especially if you work with a developmental and a relational trauma therapist, that you understand your historical self, you know how you adapted. And then as an adult, then instead of moving out of an unconscious response, you become conscious. And it's, it's just a half a second and that's enough where it's like, whoa, okay. Boy, I know in my historical self, I would have reacted like this in this moment. Again, whether it's with my husband or wife, my children, my boss, my friend. And just that pause, Nate, is all you need. Because then we call that then that, and Ryan, again, used this term, that we're maturing into our functional adult. Again, our highest self. I believe that you're living then the promise of the New Testament, an abundant life. Yes. That's the hope. I could go on with that, but I'll, I'll, I'll just say that, that, that yes, it is a part of you and you can handle that, whatever that is in a different way. Is that helpful? Absolutely. And you know, that pause you're talking about, it makes me wonder about some of the wisest people in my life, uh, if they may not be perfect after all, because um, I see wise people tend to pause before they open their mouth or react. Mm -hmm. Just that moment. Um, so we we touched on you know my relationship and and the listeners' relationship with 
with their children. But I want to take a, another route with that and see if you can help us understand how this uh, these issues, the woundedness, maybe informs our relationship with our Heavenly Father and how mm-hmm. we view Him. At the beginning of the um, podcast, and said the wound, you know, in the Greek is linked to, so this is my humanity, and I, I get an opportunity to practice this right here, is that um, that trauma in the Greek is wound. Um, and I wasn't clear about that. And I want to go back to that. So that uh, the reason why I'm doing that and, and using core issue three is it's like, oh, darn it, we were in this, Nate. And I went, I didn't give a clear definition, but that's really important. And it does tie with your question. Yeah is that the idea of the fact that we've all experienced trauma, people get real reactive with that, Nate, but all it is is wounding. To live in this fallen world, to have uh, experienced the things that we're talking about and, and what your ministry is all about, is to understand that and to give ourselves grace as parents, uh, to give our parents grace. We can hold them accountable for sure. the impact on me. But it's my job as the adult is the idea, then how does that transfer to God in the basic answer? Because I could talk a lot about that. It's something I've thought a lot about is that our first relationship with God is our relationship with our mom and dad. Mm. So I'm going to pause right there. And have all of your listeners, and again, this is mindfulness. This is post-induction therapy. This is the somatic sensations in the body. And I just want you to reflect each, each viewer, each listener, I guess, is, is how you all would say that, um, to just think about that. Because then if your dad was stern, if your mom was depressed, We're not blaming your parents. They're human. Mm -hmm. But that that early experience gives us the sense because they're our first higher power. And because they are, it just is, they are the authority. They are the one, hopefully, if they're a healthy, uh, functional adult, experiencing abundant life, then they were going to have parented you in the way that we described best case scenario on the polarities earlier. Uh, you were valued, you were vulnerable, they protected you, they let you be you, they took care of your needs, and they let you enjoy your childhood. Great. Okay. Even those parents uh, are human and the uh, child will experience a little bit of wounding, but they'll probably be able to move into their relationship with God in a different way than the person that, again, had a stern, critical voice in their childhood, had a distant parent in their childhood. Neglect is is just as powerful and speaks just as much. And so that would be my short answer to that is that I have that moment there. Again, just to cap that is the idea of as we're born into our family, our, our parents are that influence. And then if I come from a Christian family and my parents teach me about God right from birth, 
those two things link together. And does that make sense? That I don't know if you've heard that before, but I, it's 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 talked about. But I just really, with today's podcast, would would answer that way, just to go back to it. If people have heard it, I just want them to really understand. I believe it's really true. That's part of our adult faith journey is to separate out the story in my family of origin from who I am, core issue three, what are my thoughts about God, and to separate that out is critical. It does make a lot of sense, and I think I think we, as listeners and myself, we could go back through a lot of what we've talked about today in this podcast and just dwell on the different things. I mean, you've said many times, well, this is a whole topic in and of itself, um, and, and maybe journal our feelings or our thoughts, just, you know, throw them out on a page and see what happens there. And, and then when, the, when it's outside, um, reprocess it through our critical thinking and some of the tools we put in our, our tool bag. Um, I'd love to have you back on to talk more about these different topics and maybe dig deeper, but I'd like to give you an opportunity to here at the end of this, this episode if there's one thing out of this, one thing you want our, our listeners to really grab onto, maybe an action item or, or something you want them to, um, to, to highlight uh, and hear, what would that be? First, just to follow up what you just said, Nate, for those of your listeners who are journalers, just after this, if they were to listen to this and just really sit with that because of the idea and to just um, write about the fact that growing up in my family, did I feel valuable? No judgment, just write, link that to their faith journey. Second one, growing up in my family, I was a vulnerable little person and I really did feel protected because then again, it ties in with faith is that I feel like God is the protector. Um, or is he distant or is he always mad at me? And with the core issue three, again, of the fact that, that growing up, I really felt like I had to be good and perfect or what was the point? It was never enough. Or I have no idea, Rick, of what you're talking about. And how does that link to the idea of a, a God of order, a God who is here for me? And that I would say that that would be a takeaway. Just I'm building on, on what you were saying. The second thing I would say is, and I would want all the listeners and I remind myself of that, or excuse me, I remind myself of this. And as you and I are talking, Nate, is that thank God for uh, Romans 8, 1. The idea of there is therefore now no condemnation right. for those who are in Christ Jesus. So even for the non-believer who's listening to this, that is how I think we all need to live, which means that with a spirit of grace, which is I have to understand that I am human. So I would really want that to be a takeaway for your listeners, especially because we've talked some about parenting, which is so triggering for all of us. And the fact that you have self-compassion, because that's what I really think, again, in a, in a 
a biblical way, but also then, like I said, for the person who might be listening to this, and I know you have folks that aren't of the Christian faith tradition, the idea of I want you to have compassion for yourself because you're going to mess up and it's okay because my spiritual principle is that nothing is wasted. Uh, one of my uh, favorite quotes from a dear uh, woman of faith who's, who's passed on said, God don't waste nothing, honey. God don't waste nothing. I believe that, Nate. Everything can be redeemed. Again, I'll go back to the word hope. So many folks who are listening to us feel hopeless and that um, I just want to encourage them. So that would be my, my takeaway. Journal, reflect, try to take that in what I just said. I love that Christ follower or not, there's the potential for a fresh start, mm-hmm. a second chance. Uh, but what was behind that fresh start is not going to be wasted. It's going to inform uh, the changes that you're going to make, the challenges that you're going to face, and it's going to turn into a tool for you. It's going to turn into something good. And as you put it, it's going to be redeemed because mm-hmm. God doesn't waste anything. I love that. I think that's a great place to take off. Uh, Dr. Butts, I'd love to have you back on. I know you're, you're a very busy man, um, but I think there's a lot love there. i to come back, Nate, at some point. Awesome. Uh, and, and we'll try to set that up you know, from, uh, a ways from now. But uh, just from, from me and the listeners, thank you for the work that you do. Um, and thank you for coming on today and speaking into our lives. We really appreciate it. Nate, it's been a privilege to be here. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, the ongoing journey. Appreciate the work that, that you all at uh, Grace Stories the work you're doing is is amazing. And a big thank you to each one of you who have been listening today. Uh, if you can, just do me one favor. Uh, the best way for this podcast to grow is for you to share the podcast. So if you have uh, gotten anything out of any of the episodes you've listened to, uh, something that's affected your life, and you want that type of impact uh, for your friends or your family, Your assignment for this week is to go out and share with just one person, a friend, a family member, whoever it might be, just share with one person about Grace Story Podcast and have them listen in as well. And we'll continue to grow the podcast and help others on their journey of restoration. We'd love to hear from you as well. We always enjoy your feedback. We'd love to connect with you over on Instagram at Grace Story Podcast. Or you can shoot me an email, nate at gracestoryministries.com. I'd love to hear if a particular episode or a topic has really touched your life and and what that meant to you. In two weeks, we're going to be back. A new episode will be coming out October 6th. That one's going to be with Jamie Taylor. She's going to be speaking uh, at Grace Story Conference 2020. So you won't want to miss this episode with her where she's going to share a little bit about childhood anxiety and talk to us about her new book. And sometimes when I think now as a as an adult looking back at that precious little girl, like I can actually look at her and go, oh, honey, like I just really want to just hold you right now and tell you everything's okay. Because I mean, you imagine that kind of anxiety. Imagine if I, I, I think of my own children, I've got four children, ages 14 down to seven. And I think of my little seven-year-old daughter, if she was going to bed every night thinking that she was going to be doomed to hell, 
Um, the anxiety that that, <laughs> oh my goodness, the anxiety that that brings up, um, it's tragic. And, it, and, and, and that's an everyday thing. That's not, that doesn't go away. That wasn't something that I just did once or once a week or that's, I thought that almost every single night. Now, I can't wait to share the rest of the conversation that I had with Jamie Taylor. Uh, she'll be on in two weeks, October 6th. So go ahead and share with somebody that that episode's coming up and uh, listen in whenever that episode comes available. And thank you to each of you who have been listening in and been a part of the Grace Story community here for Grace Story Podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, head over to GraceStoryMinistries.com and hit register for Grace Story Conference 2020, uh, 25% off right now. And then we'll see you again in two weeks for another episode here on Grace Story Podcast.